Welcome everyone to the Every Other Thursday podcast, where in each episode we bring you suggestions for improving the guest dining experience and our industry roundtable, where we tackle the industry issues of the moment. Every Other Thursday is an approximately 30-minute presentation featuring our industry experts who are never shy about offering up their thoughts and ideas. Every Other Thursday is brought to you by TabletopJournal.com. Tabletop Journal, where we celebrate the products, the people, and the places in the world of hospitality tabletop. Now, here's your host of Every Other Thursday, Dave Turner. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Every Other Thursday. I'm Dave Turner. I'm your host here at Every Other Thursday, and I'm here along with my colleagues, Jay Alley and, and Greg Kirish. Hey, guys, how are you all? Good. Good, good. Everybody ready for Santa and all that? Absolutely. Ho, ho, ho. I can hear it. <laughs> I got my reindeer poop bags all ready to go. There you go. There you go. That's what it's all about. It's all about reindeer poop. Get that beast off my lawn. <laughs> Every other Thursday is our recently launched, if you haven't been here before, it's our recently launched 30 Minutes or So podcast where we showcase interesting tabletop-related products and ideas, all with the idea of engaging the dining guests and elevating that guest dining experience, and all the while helping the operator increase their profits. That's what it's all about, boys and girls. And along with products and ideas each episode, we also wanted to take a vigorous roundtable discussion, and we've got another one set up for today. We're covering the hot topics of the moment. This week, no different. Before we get started, I want to say that this week's episode of Every Other Thursday brought to you by Tabletop Journal. Tabletop Journal, now going on nine years of being the world's go-to place for information and news in the world of hospitality tabletop. It's where we celebrate the products, the people, and the places, all in the world of hospitality tabletop. So I mentioned before, each week we talk about a new idea, a new uh, new product, and that Greg brings us his big idea. Greg, what do you've got for this for us this week? Well, once again, uh, it, uh, old ideas are new again, and uh, I put I, I'm constantly on the search for these tabletop products, and I put them through my filter. And the filter, as I've mentioned in the past, is you know what works for the operator, what engages the guest. What creates theatrics? What's easy to use, cost-effective? And, and a lot of things that are already on the shelf fit the, fit the bill, but they've, been kind of, they've kind of been lost along the way. And so this week I was going to talk about cloches, and not necessarily the big cloches that can cover entire plates, but even small uh, individual cloches. And, you know, why were they brought in in the first place? What were they used for? Well, they were used for, you know, keeping things warm and or fresh, keeping uh, drafts off food, keeping it, keeping it uh, you know, presentable, and, a the, and theatrics. All of a sudden, the wait staff brings the, something over to the table and then lifts the, lifts the top up, the cloche, and, you know, and voila, there you, have, there you have there you it. And, you, you know, and cloches, you know, they, they could be see-through glass or they could be, uh, they could be uh, opaque. But um, I think that, that these smaller versions, individual versions, if you will, really have a place. And because uh, that whole theatrics uh, motif really, really uh, is where, is where uh, uh, a lot of things are going, where, where – uh, I see cloches used in cocktails yes, now. Yes, exactly. Even. So that's you know, and so what this does is this op- actually opens a new channel. One of the things going that is going on is uh, smoke, 
And what you can do is add a little smoke under the cloche before you close it. You open it up, and I'm not talking about vast amounts, but it doesn't take much for all of a sudden for uh, that you can detect the the um, the aroma. And all of a sudden, you lift this uh, this cloche off, and and all of a sudden, it just adds another dimension. And they they smoke. Uh, you can smoke drinks. You can smoke cheese. You can smoke. Uh, uh, you can even smoke water. You know and um, and I'm not saying that that's obviously going to be something that's going to be used, you know, widely across the board. But again, these are the kind of things that the suppliers, the ideas can that are very real, and they could they could take to operators, and it really creates that dialogue. You know, here you're constantly being the supplier, going to the operator, saying, "Look, here's where I know the market is going. Here's something that might work for you," and um, and, and, you know, cloches aren't going to be the end all, but they certainly uh, have, have a place in certain settings. Yeah. See, I, I think that when I think of the word cloche, I think of <clears throat> silver plated domes that are in fancy restaurants where it's like being in church or something. And, and you're right. Uh, there's a whole nother world. And when you see, when you see people using uh, small glass, uh, I'll call them covers more than cloches. And maybe it's the word that I get caught up in. But when you mention cloche to people, they, they generally think, oh, yeah, I remember I was in a restaurant in 58 right. back in Paris and they used those things. And, and, and there are a lot more. You're right. You're really right because there's a lot more uses for them now. The glass, even small ceramic ones. And I understand the breakability of, of ceramic and maybe even some glass ones. But if, if you've got the right type of restaurant and you've got the right type of, uh, whether it's a uh, food item or a beverage item, and, you know, they, it, to, to unveil it, as you said, call it the theatrics, I like that a lot. And I'd pay a little well, extra here in for Chicago, that. Chicago, you know, we have Grant Ockett's and, you know, and some other really kind of transcendent guys. And I heard Grant Ockett's talk one time and he said that they had a, they, they put a small leaf under a cloche and they lit it on fire, closed the cloche. And so we're not talking about setting off the smoke alarms here, but just, the, just enough that when you open it up, that the guests can detect that odor. And he said that it, would, it literally, triggered emotions where, you know, children or people remembered their childhood, you know, burning leaves, that type of thing. And it actually, some people actually started weeping, which isn't necessarily a good thing. Well, I, I, I like that. It, I like that it, it, it uh, whether it's a, whether it's going back to the old silver plated domes and all that, um, you know, heavy, you know, or, or, or something very small and, and glass that you can see through either way, it still changes the whole presentation. And, and you know, I, I think that uh, when you start, especially when you ha- if you have a um, if you have whatever is under your uh, your small clothes, and when you pull it away, there's usually some sort of uh, aroma or fragrance or something happening. So it all of a sudden now it, that kind of uh, uh, is it olfactory? Is that the right mm-hmm. word? Uh, that experience yes. gets unleashed on you. And and it's a, and if particularly if it's opaque or something like a ceramic or a metal uh, uh, dome or cover or a cloche, whatever word you want to use, uh, all of a sudden now that's a surprise. You don't know what's under there. If it's glass, obviously you probably can see through it. But even then, the drama, like theatrics, it. participation. It's just you yeah, know, yeah. it's it's like again, it's not for everybody, but it's certainly 
is viable in a certain setting, then I think people should consider it. Yeah, closures are around a lot, lot longer than plate covers. I think the plate cover was born from the cloche uh, concept. Probably. Yeah. You're right. yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. And now if we can just get a small enough cloche to go on Jay's martini glass, we'll be in great shape. See, that's what we need. I haven't seen one of those. I, maybe maybe it would be tall and cylindrical. Well, exactly I know, right. like for scotch, you know, yeah. there, there's uh, uh, there's uh, there's little chambers, glass chambers you can buy, and uh, and you can put you can you can smoke the glass uh, the ice, or you can actually smoke the drink, yeah. and you just open this chamber up, and you have an added dimension to the to the uh, scotch. Yeah, the Glen Karen well, Glen Karen glass actually has a, a crystal cover. Yeah, really? we don't carry that, wow. but, but you can. The Glen Karen Glass Company has it on some different uh, different ones they sell. Well, that's a, that's the, one of the points I was going to say, uh, Greg. When you talk about closure, whatever, do you think there's a, any dealers in the country that have any of these in their warehouse now, or in their, even in their catalogs? From from the research I did, there are some, but it's few. It's rather few and far between. You know, I thought that you know, it is a it is a a concept that has been kind of. We've kind of moved, moved on. because uh, outside outside of a couple of manufacturers that I that and I'm I'm quite certain they make them uh, or have them in their catalog, but I, they're not widespread. Yeah. I don't years think. ago Rosenthal used uh, to have a lot of them in their catalog. I'm thinking is when I when I think of them, I think of Zier, um, you know, the European company, and Mepper I had, think Rack had some ceramic. Mepper had, Mepper had a, a beautiful unit. It was tied to a pellet system, but it was great. Yeah, but that, it, 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 when I think of, uh, I, I never saw the Mepper one, so I don't. Maybe I'm wrong in this, but I would think Mepper would have more something closer to the old big. That's dome, exactly I what think. it was. It was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Expensive. Yeah, though. very expensive. But it was almost yeah. impossible to break it. You know, you'd have to lose the stuff. Yeah, yeah, but they whatever. I, I I think it's a great idea. I think these are you know they're unusual, and I think if the if you're a dealer salesperson who's taking that into a, the the right type of operator, um, you got to think about how they would use it. But I definitely think it changes the guest experience. Uh, you know, I mean immediately, and so I think that's a really a good thing. So I think closures probably have a place, in, you know, in summer, sure, even if sure. it's maybe for a dessert yeah, item. Yeah. Well, it's just like it's just like when they bring wine service to the table and, and they pour you a glass of wine, but it's half of it's in a in a small carafe. You know, it's it's show business, like Greg said. And the, you know that cl- the close deal. I mean, they set whatever's under it down in front of you, and there's, there's the anticipation of what's under this. I think it's my dessert, but you really don't know. But it's just a classy way to do something. It's just serious, seriously nice. Yeah. And I know where the operator is going to be sitting here listening and saying, "Oh my gosh, please don't tell me to put another you know another thing on the table." But I think it needs to be weighed with, you know, with what the impact it can make uh, and the cost value of, the, of that impact on the um, on the diner, on the guest. And I really do think that this could, it, it's very it's, it really adds a lot. Yeah, I remember um, uh, way back in the uh, old days when I was with uh, that German Villeroy and Bach company, they had a line of candy dishes, uh, lidded candy dishes. And uh, Ed Brown, when he was uh, back in uh, in the back of the working in the back of the house, then uh, he had a truffle dish, a truffle uh, scallop dish. That when he brought it to the when it was brought to the table, they pulled the lid away, and you got the aroma of the scallop and the truffles coming out, and it was just it was phenomenal. So yeah, it really can create a very, very different kind of situation. It's great, great experience. Cool. I think that, I 
I just think it's something that should be explored. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Speaking of exploring things, we're going to take a break right now. And when we come back, uh, we're going to get into some of the trends. It's year end. It's trend time. Everybody's talking about trends for 2020. And we'll be talking about them as well. But first of all, I want to take uh, a quick look back at some of the weirder trends of 2019. So we'll be right back. Stay tuned. This episode of Every Other Thursday is brought to you by TabletopJournal.com. For more than eight years, Tabletop Journal has been raising the awareness of just how important Tabletop is to the overall guest dining experience. Using the hashtag TabletopMatters, Tabletop Journal has connected the kindred spirits of the hospitality world all around the globe. TabletopJournal.com, where we celebrate the products, the people, and the places all in the world of hospitality tabletop. Now, back to our podcast. Okay, everybody, we're back. Uh, now is the time for our roundtable discussion. This is one of the more vigorous parts of the show uh, where we do a little back and forth action. And we t- we're talking before the break about trends. And want to take a quick look back at uh, some, of the, some of the more odd, let's call them, trends of 2019. And uh, Jay, you're a guy who's keeping up on all the odd uh, things that go on in our industry. What are some of the things that you recall seeing that uh, didn't quite fit Although people may have thought of they were a trend, but they might not have fit, uh, at least from your perspective. It's uh, a great question. I mean, some of, most of the trends that, you know, that stuck with me were the really upgrading of food trucks and stuff like that. And that's going to, I think that's going to continue. The other one was the ghost restaurant thing that we talked about on a few episodes uh, before. So I, you know, I, I think, I think one of the trends, it's not necessarily a weird trend. I can't think of anything, anything that was really weird. I think, I think the extent of the craft cocktail trend getting more and more sophisticated every day is it's gotten pretty sophisticated and it's, I think it's going to really continue to go along, along that line and continue to grow more and more, more important in cocktail bars and restaurants. The other thing, the other trend to me, and again, it's not a weird one, but it was weird a little is bit. That, is that just, is that just wishful thinking on your part? Craft cocktails continuing no, getting bigger and bigger? I don't bigger? think so. I think it's, gonna, it's getting bigger all the time. And the one that really blows me away, because I'm not a, uh, for lack of a better word, craft beer drinker, but the explosion of uh, the beer business trending up to be more sophisticated and more more expensive. Uh, you know, you, you, you almost got to be a beer sommelier now. I mean, there's, there's so many different characters in the different types of beer. So that's, those are some of the things that stuck with me. Well, speaking about beer, real quickly, I was, I had a major uh, brewer who I won't mention who was a client, and they did a, uh, a study on uh, serving beer. And there was a couple of things they were looking at across the country: uh, how, the temperature, the were the lines clean, glasses clean, and also the shape of the glass for the type of beer. And they found something like over eighty percent of their beer wasn't served correctly. And and one of the things is, obviously, if it was served in the right glass for the right type of beer, how, in, how much, they, if they did studies, focus groups, how much they found it, it enhanced the uh, the drinking experience tremendously. Yeah, I, I, you're exactly correct. I, and, I, and the thing that's strange to me is, is obviously there's, being in the wine glass business, there's a lot of shapes or fair amount of shapes that can affect wine dramatically. But I mean, when you compare it to beer, I mean, if I, I was in a, in a pub, oh God, a year ago, and I, I can't even remember whether it was Chicago. I can't remember where I was, but this place that I was in, I was just sitting there. I had a Miller Lite because I'm not a sophisticated beer drinker. 
but they had more glasses for individual beers than most restaurants have specialty wine glasses. It was crazy. And I thought to myself, God, how do you, how do you keep track of it? You know, it's, it's like amazing. I mean, I, I don't know if it has as much of an effect on a beer as a wine glass has on wine, but I don't know. Well, you talk about, you talk about beer sommeliers and there is a program for that. You guys are aware of a Cicerone yeah. program. I think is how yeah. you say that. Yeah. There's several uh, uh, levels of qualification there, and you have to pass certain tests. And I think the entry-level one uh, is, well, let's call it pretty tough, uh, but the, the higher levels are, are very difficult to, to become a master oh. Cicerone. Yeah. yeah. Well, I just thought of a weird one, and you just hit the nail on the head because it reminded me when you said sommelier. But, I mean, the, the, I don't know if it ever turned into a trend, but the, we started to hear about water sommeliers popping up. And that was really weird because I experienced that one time and did a tasting on how the wine would taste when you cleaned your palate with different waters. I couldn't believe it. And it was in New York. So I, I haven't seen it since then. So maybe that was a trend that didn't take hold. But I thought that was interesting because it actually worked. Uh, I've got a strange trend for 2019, which I hope goes away. And then I'll, I want to kind of circle back around to your water sommelier uh, comment, uh, Jay, because the strange trend that I definitely hope goes away is insects as a snack. Okay. Excuse me? Uh, insects. You heard me. <laughs> insects as a snack. Um, I, okay. I, I, got, I got it that there, uh, there's some protein there, but if it's protein you're looking for and there's uh, insects on the table, you can have them. Okay. Because I'm not eating insects. Uh, I've done that. It ain't that cool. But the only thing I will say is using insects as an ingredient in something else. Uh, okay. Maybe as a protein supplement or maybe, maybe I'm just too old school, but I'm not eating bugs off a plate. Did know that. So, but there, there is a growing movement to, uh, to find uh, protein in places uh, where it's plentiful and insects are certainly plentiful. So that's my weird for 2019. I hope it goes away. I hope it goes away fast. We'll chat offline, Dave, because we want to know where you've been hanging around. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the things that I want to talk about in terms of uh, a trend that I see coming into 2020 is this idea that, uh, so when you talk about, um, uh, you know, beer and where beer is going, and that is hard seltzers and waters in general. And so, I uh, your your water sommelier comment, Jay, was a was a uh, a good segue. Uh, we just did on uh, on our other podcast, Seat Yourself, uh, that's that's dropping uh, that dropped the other night on Monday night. That um, we talked about Rona Glass. Rona uh, has just introduced at the host show in Milan two glasses, one for still water and one for sparkling water. And in sparkling water is exploding with uh, particularly the hard seltzer waters with things. You may have seen the brand uh, White Claw. People, uh, the beer, the craft beer. Jay, you're right. The beers are going up in terms of the price and the quality. But overall, beer is struggling, and, and craft beer in general. And, the, and, and that's why I think you see some, well, it's not some, but a lot of these craft beer companies are being sold to larger really? breweries. Wow. And, be, and what's going on, the, the trend that I think is going to continue on in 2020, and it's my lock trend, uh, the one that I think is an absolute lock can't stop it, uh, and you shouldn't stop it. You got to figure out how to work with it. If you're if you're a glassware supplier, is the trend towards hard seltzers and, and seltzer water in general. 
and, uh, and changing that whole guest experience in terms of uh, in terms of what's going on because seltzer is is everywhere. It was started in the grocery stores and now it's on the bars. Good point. Good point. So I, I think to all my glassware friends out there, take a look at Tabletop Journal's article on Stozel. Uh, no, not on Stozel. I got Stozel in my mind because Stozel needs to have these. They need to have Rona glass, the still and the sparkling uh, glasses from Rona. Absolutely. I think that's a, that's a, you talk about Greg, something that to engage the operator uh, from the dealer salesperson, walk in and tell them they can now start selling water rather than giving it away. And and you know, and then what happens if you have that glassware all of a sudden you have this dialogue with the uh with the guest. See, so Jay, that's what I love about Greg. That's what I love. Jay, you know, Greg is such a dialogue guy, huh? Yeah. Well, all of a sudden you you know because then you have there you can imagine that the, <laughs> the, the, the wait staff talking with the uh, with the guests. We have the oh, we we're serving it in this special glass and this is why we're doing it and oh, can't you see the difference? And, you know, and then that's, that's what you want. You want that sort of engagement. Now, will this trend last forever? You know, maybe, maybe not. But uh, I think it's perfect for David because when he goes into his next restaurant, the waiter's going to come over and say, Mr. Turner, so glad to see you. Could we have a dialogue about some water and a special bugs that we have on the menu? Bugs and, gla- and water. That's a- <laughs> Can I get a glass of each? Bugs and water. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so speaking about trends, I just just real real quick that I started out my career about thirty five in the food industry, uh, restaurant food service industry about thirty five forty years ago, and uh, I started doing uh, really research old. and trend analysis uh, at that time, and I went back and I saw some of my work from at that time, and and you could almost it was uh, almost print that same the same findings then and use them now so and, and, and you know some of the specifics obviously have changed but the overall picture was you know people uh, consumers guests are becoming more more food aware that they are becoming more adventurous that uh, they want to be participate in the meal more they want dr- drama and that's the kind of things that I've been talking about here for you know for the last couple of months with you guys and 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 if you you look forward, that's exactly what's going on in the marketplace now. It's you know, and you know, did we didn't have shiratsa, shiratsa, excuse me, you know, uh, you know, twenty years ago, but we did have blackened uh, Cajun uh, flavors, and so people want more and more bold flavors. They want more and more adventure, uh, uh, ethnic. Um, uh, what's new? And so, kind of once, I'm, I'm, I sound like a broken record, but what's old is new again. For sure, you, you know, not too long ago, a few days ago, I had the chance to have a wonderful steak at Smith and Walensky restaurant up in Boston, and it was a coffee and cocoa infused fillet. And I'll tell you what, that thing was off the charts. And then, it, interesting, there was a a party of uh, twelve people or so, or maybe even a little more, next to us, and this restaurant was serving some sort of a steak. On almost like a, you know how Faga de Chao, the Brazilian house, cuts your meat and it falls on your on your plate. These guys put a rack in front of the whole guest on the table. I don't I don't remember whether they were cutting it off themselves or the waiters were serving it from that, but they actually had almost looked like T-bone steaks hanging in a row, and people were cutting it off. And talk about a unique way to create uh, some excitement at the table and some conversation. That was really different. 
don't know if that'll turn out to be a trend, but the first time I ever saw that. Yeah, and I and I think that that lends a lot of uh, uh, those kinds of things lend a lot of credence to uh, Greg's word of theatrics, and it's exactly that. I mean, you can go anywhere. Yeah. I mean, first of all, Smith and Walensky steaks are, are pretty damn special all by themselves, but but you can go to a steakhouse in any city, but you probably won't see that kind of a presentation like like oh, you that just was described. Really different. Yep. Yeah, it was different. It- it got everybody's attention. Yeah, and you got to have it with a big, especially with a big group like that. You want to have some fun. You want to be everybody's laughing and enjoying themselves, and that is, that's really what it's all about. I mean, well, it's yes, you want to go for a steak, but you're not going there for because you're 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 starving. You're going there for a great steak and a great time. Lots of cocktails, lots of wine, lots of steaks, lots of good time. We had a couple of cocktails with my friends when we were there, and we actually thought we saw Tom Brady at the bar. Well, Tom Brady gets around, I hear. And, and and the um, tan, tabletop products, as we're discussing here, help deliver that that whole experience. And and what we're saying is is that it doesn't take a whole lot in terms of investment to to make that all, make it all come together. Well, the exciting oh. part about tabletop is when you bring up <clears throat> we were talking about cloches earlier. When you bring a something out to your to the uh, to the table, if a server brings three clo- small mini cloches out, and, and you can't see what's inside, and it's it's that's really the theatrical part of it. And and while that may cost the operator a little bit more, they do that over and over again, and really it's about the guest experience. And, and I, I come back to the, the, the same old axioms. You know, happy guests when they leave, they, they stay longer, they spend more money, and then they come back more often. And they tell their friends about it. And they tell their friends. Isn't that great? Well, I think there's, I think there's a trend that started. Hey, Greg, you know, Remember that that line we heard from somebody? They said something about tabletop matters. I think that's a trend that's going to keep on growing for the rest of our lives. It's never going to end. Yeah, it's, because it's true. No, absolutely, it's amazing. That's probably one of the best phrases. I mean, I'm not just saying that because it's sponsored by by Tabletop uh, Journal, but I'll tell you what, it's a great it's a great statement. That is right on the money. Well, it's it's one it's one easy way. The operator can have the same menu, same food, same everything. But you have a way, you know. Think about a think about when you, uh, Jay. You're a glass guy. Think about when you trade somebody up from, let's call it more industrial strength glass to some something a little more refined. When you bring out that yeah. that hundred dollar bottle, hundred dollar bottle of wine on up, let's say that that exclusive type wine, and you pour it into the right glass, uh, it changes everything. And people are willing to pay for that, that great experience. Well, people, you know, people taste with a lot more than just their palate. They taste with their eyes and their, and their, and their nose and all, a lot of other sense, you know, sensory touch points. It's not just your palate. I love that. I love that idea of appealing to all the senses that you can, whether it's uh, chairs that you sit in, the, the, the smells when you walk into a restaurant, all of that, 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 that very tactile experience you have when you go out to an, uh, a great restaurant. Yeah, last time I checked too. I mean, one one thing that is true is because it, it kind of is a, maybe a little bit strange way of putting it, but you know, it's like when you say that people don't go to bars; they go to bartenders. Well, a bartender could be pouring Jack Daniels in a glass. It's, glass is not going to do much for Jack one way or the other, unless it's got too much ice in it or more water than you should be drinking it with. But it's the show business of that bartender and relationship and the interaction with the guest that brings that person back and back and over and over and over again. And we can, we can- 
come up with example after example, but if if you look at just like to say a a, a a a fast casual place, and they have uh, well, they serve wine, and they typically will serve red and white in the same glass, same glass, same same glass for everything. Now, if they had a different glass, it was significantly different for red and white, and so that you're not adding a whole lot to the inventory or to the cost. You just be all of a sudden you got to believe that that the, the guest notices that and that and that, yep. oh, and, that and, and for yep. very little cost if any uh the only thing you know you just got to remember you know there's going to be a little bit of inventory there's going to be a little bit of uh decision making in the back whether or not what glass you're putting it in but beyond that you know it, it, it really uplifts a very simple experience well, and you can play with people's minds. I mean, I've actually done this, and it, it was when I first got started. And we, you know, you try to prove that all of these things make sense. But we did a tasting one time, and we served a glass. We poured a glass of wine in, to quote David, in an industrial style glass, and then we put it in a beautiful crystal glass, and we had somebody taste it, and we said, you know, which wine do you like the best? You know, pick the one that was in the crystal glass, and when we told them it was exactly the same wine that was in the other glass, they found it hard to believe. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, Greg, we don't want to cut you off. You've got a trend that's an absolute lock for 2020. Well, again, back to what I was saying about how things are, uh, they, they change, but they don't change. And so we're going to see more and more and more uh, adventure, people doing things, uh, 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 reaching out to try, try pushing the envelope. And so what I see is the, is the proliferation of hot foods when i say spicy you know for example you know there's, there's flavor uh, spicy or p- flavor profile flavor profile so like you know the, the you know back the old days of tabasco that was tame to what's coming down the uh from any particular do you, do you see them coming the, these flavor profiles coming from any particular part of the of the of the well, globe actually a lot of them are coming from here in the u.s like in the carolinas there's the you know the carolina reaper has now been listed as the as has been br- recently bred and is the hottest pepper in the world and uh, yes really it's, it's hot yeah from carolina, carolina yeah, some of the, some of the sauces on some of the sauces on the chicken wings. You and have to so, sign the disclaimer. You know, and you know, again, are these going to be? You know, how broad are these? But they are going to be getting attention. They are going to be growing, and um, I don't know what the impact at this point is is going to be regarding tabletop products. But uh, I see, I think I see things going there, and you know, there is going to be a limit because there's probably a limit to what the human body can consume. The common jalapeno is about five thousand Scoville units, and these uh, Carolina Reapers that people eat out of hand are like one point six million. So the mass is is somewhere in between. But people are constantly pushing, sure, and it, and it feeds into this whole ethnic um, adventure. Uh, drama um, uh, theme that we keep on talking about, and, and that just keeps on continuing. Well, I, I I would agree with you the 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 regionality of it all. I mean, I see, uh, <clears throat> and, and when it comes to tabletop, I want I think if you're serving some, an Indian dish, for instance, I think people want to to consume that out of the same dishes you would if you went to India and had that dish. 
or, or something very, very similar. So I think, I think from a tabletop standpoint, I think the, the styles, whether it be the shapes themselves or the glazes or the type of product, uh, um, stoneware versus porcelain type things, I think people really want that authentic experience of eating and, and to keep on the same example, Indian food. In an Indian way. Well, you stole the words uh, uh, right from me. I uh, and this is going to be my theme for our next for our next episode, actually. And uh, because I've been looking around, and, and it's something that's really been hitting my radar. So I agree with Great. you. I, I agree with you 100. percent See, I, I and 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 I'm right from this podcast recording. I'm going out to buy lottery tickets for tomorrow's lottery drawing. <laughs> so, anyway, this has been a great session, folks, and uh, I, I've enjoyed being with you, gentlemen. I'm going to wish you both happy holidays, and uh, uh, thanks for joining me here at every other Thursday. It's been a great session, and I want to especially thank all. All our listeners out there, I want to say happy holidays to everybody and best wishes to you all from uh, from all of us here at Every Other Thursday. And we want to wish you uh, wish everyone a happy, a healthy, and a prosperous 2020. Thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you next time. This episode of Every Other Thursday has been brought to you by TabletopJournal.com. For more than eight years, Tabletop Journal has been raising the awareness of just how important Tabletop is to the overall guest dining experience. Using the hashtag TabletopMatters, Tabletop Journal has connected the kindred spirits of the hospitality world all around the globe. TabletopJournal.com, where we celebrate the products, the people, and the places all in the world of hospitality tabletop. Thanks for joining us today for this episode of Every Other Thursday. You can learn more about Every Other Thursday by visiting our website, everyotherthursdaypodcast.com.